This presentation has been previously broadcast. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello, and thank you for joining us here on this Monday on The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and uh, glad to have you with us for this hour of spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And want to say a really big thank you to everyone who donated last week during our pledge drive. Um, huge success, and you were a part of that. And we heard from almost 16,000 people who donated last week, 15,888 to be exact. Um, that donated helped us meet our need of $3 million. Uh, went a little over that, about $3.12 million raised to help keep Relevant Radio strong. So again, thank you for your generosity last week, and thank you for your prayers. And if you missed the pledge drive last week, you can still make a donation. It's not too late. You can, of course, always donate and help support Relevant Radio, and you can uh, make that donation a few different ways through our website, relevantradio.com, through the Relevant Radio app, or you can give a call at 877-291-0123. But again, thank you so much for your generosity. And I uh, hope your Valentine's Day is off to a good start. More important maybe than Valentine's Day. I suppose that depends on <laughs> where you are in the early stages of a, a romantic relationship maybe. But it is also the memorial of St. Cyril and Methodius. And uh, here we are, February 14th, about halfway through this month of February. Still in winter for at least the next month. And are you are you ready for spring to be here? Are you done with the cold, dark months of winter, thinking maybe ahead about how you'll be spending more time outside when the days are getting warmer? Start to see the trees get their leaves back, your lawn will start growing again, and the flowers will start blooming, and you might even think about planting a garden. And uh, growing up, my dad, he had planted a garden in the back of our yard when I was younger, and it was that traditional garden setup, rose of different plants and vegetables that went kind of the length of our backyard. Lots of carrots and lettuce and radishes and beets and tomatoes. And those long rows, those plants, my dad cared for them all through the late spring and the summer months. And then I remember that as a kid, but maybe nine or ten years ago, I decided, okay, let me try and start a vegetable garden in our backyard. And we didn't have that same sort of yard space that my dad did to plant all of those long rows of plants. I had kind of this limited space there, this limited area. So I started looking at options, and I came across a concept called square foot gardening. And the basic idea with square foot gardening is that you build a four-by-four-foot garden box, and you fill it up. They give you a specific blend of soil and fertilizer that you mix together. And then you take that four by four box and you divide it into 16 individual squares, each one, of course, one by one foot. 
And then depending on the type of vegetable or plant that you, you can grow in a certain number of each square foot of your box. So if you have something like carrots, well, you can make 16 little holes in that one foot square in your box and you can plant 16 of the, the carrots there. But if you, if you grow something larger like a tomato plant, it's only one per square foot in your garden box. And so I, I bought into the concept. We tried it, and it worked really quite well for us. And we grew all kinds of things in those garden boxes. This was a concept of, designed by a guy who was an engineer in his uh, uh, <laughs> professional life and then came up with this idea for gardening. But it was great for us. The, the, when we first got those boxes set up, the kids loved it. And they helped me. They helped me to get everything put together, put the vegetable seeds in the soil. And our kids, the older ones at that point, they were between the ages of probably 6 to 12 years old that were out there helping me. And when, when we had all of those seeds planted that first afternoon in the late spring, the next day, our kids, they came home from school and they went out to look at those garden boxes hoping that they'd see something growing already barely 24 hours later. And this happened actually a couple of days in a row. They were hoping to see immediate payoff for what they'd done to help and get those garden boxes set up. And I had to remind them a few times over those initial days, especially the younger kids, hey, it's going to take some time. We'll start to see some of the first little growth on those vegetables maybe in the next week or two, but we're going to have to wait several weeks, maybe even a couple of months on some of the plants before we can start eating any of the things that were growing there in the garden. And I could see on their faces that they wanted to speed that process along. But of course, like all of us, they're just powerless to do anything about it. You have to wait. And so they accepted that fact, albeit a bit begrudgingly that they're just going to have to be patient. But it was obvious, if they could have done anything to make that garden grow to maturity overnight, they would have done it. Uh, I think our culture kind of feeds this expectancy in us more than ever before, because you can order something online and you can have it delivered to your house the very next day. Uh, For decades now, we've had food that can be ordered and it's ready for you within a couple of minutes. If you want something, but it's delayed, if it doesn't come as quick as you expect or as quick as you want, what is your response at that point? Do you get frustrated? Do you get annoyed? Do you get angry? And have maybe you considered what kind of uh, impact that impatience might have on your spiritual health? Well, today we want to talk about that virtue of patience. We want to have a better understanding of the value of exercising patience in our lives, as well as how, when we are a more patient person, that allows us to grow in holiness and to avoid sin. And joining us is our spiritual director today on the program. I'm glad to welcome back once again, Father Sean Kilcally. Father Kilcally is a priest in the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska. He's the pastor of Saints Leo the Great and Martin of Tours Catholic Parishes. He's the director of the Office of Family Life and the Freedom from Pornography Apostolate. Father, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Josh. It's great to be with you today. Well, so uh, patience, something that uh, (laughs) might be difficult for us to exercise. And as I was reflecting on areas where 
I find myself impatient. I think there's two kind of common things that I find in most of the ways I might lack patience. One is I want to be in control. And if I'm practicing patience, it's me saying, okay, I don't have to be in complete control of this situation. And the second part that came to mind was that I might not need everything that I want. You know, sometimes we think certain wants are actually needs, but they're not. So maybe we can start with that first thought that giving up control is really difficult for most of us. How do you think we can come to a place where we can be at peace in not needing to be so much in control of everything in our lives? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, And especially when you put it that way, that like patients, you know, our patience is challenged when we're not in control or in control of outcomes. And and even when people ask questions like, um, you know, why isn't God answering my prayers? And, you know, I did this particular devotion or I did this particular novena and nothing happened. And um, it's, it's a really common objection that young people will have is, is well, like I, I prayed and it didn't work. And, um, you know, and maybe that means that they prayed, you know, once. And, um, and but the entire spiritual life, right, the goal of our spiritual life is, is to give control to God and, and to recognize that he's God and, and we're not God and that he, in fact, like, wants the good for us. And he knows what our good is more than we do. And and so, you know, to counter that desire for control is, it, it goes back to something we've talked about before, which is just surrendering just surrendering whatever circumstance it is to him and, and trusting that that our Lord knows better than we do what's truly good for us and and trusting that that he is going to meet our needs, you know, in in the right way, in the right time, uh, according to according to his will. Well, and as you're talking about this too, I, first thing I think is important, when we talk about giving up control or not needing to be in control it can't just simply be merely giving up control because if that's if that's it if that's just okay i don't have to be in control but you don't give that control over to god well that could be a really foolish step uh, you know uh, that you're taking at that point so it has to be deliberately i don't need to be in control and i'm trusting somebody who has more knowledge more wisdom than I could ever have and wants the best for me. So that's part of it. But then you talked about needs, you know, God will provide for what we need. And that was that second part of it for me is that when we say, I don't have to be in control, the things that I need in my life or things I quote unquote think I need, um, God might show me something different that I don't have those needs that I originally thought I did, um, the, the exercising that patience, can that help us identify some of those true needs in our life, distinguish what might not be as necessary as we originally thought? Yeah, I think, you know, I was looking up in St. Thomas when he talks about patient, he quotes from Tully and he says, that, you know, patience is the voluntary and prolonged endurance of arduous and difficult things for the sake of virtue or profit. 
and and sometimes that arduous thing that we're enduring is is the fact that our desire or our want isn't being met and and so if we're really able to exercise patience and and have peace in that moment in which it it seems that that our need or or the thing we want is is being delayed or, or there's the delayed answer to our prayer um, that just gives us more time for discernment and and to really ask ourselves that question you know like is this is this a want or is this a need or is this something that's truly good for me um you know is this something that's truly good for me or not and you know i can think about in my own life and my own ministry and i'd had a desire for for quite some time um to to have i don't know sort of like a healing center um or a place you know then and we have this place in our diocese that that i kind of you know in my own thought like i would have been the ideal person to be in that in that position or in that role and um and but it never happened and and then there, so there was just sort of sticking with our Lord and, and trusting that He was going to fulfill that desire in some way, and um, and actually what our Lord did is He assigned me to this really small parish that's like 20 minutes outside of Lincoln that's turned into the ideal location um, for me to do especially a lot of spiritual direction with people that um, that kind of like the fact that I'm 20 minutes outside of town. And and my rectory has become kind of a place of of healing for, especially for um, just like brother priests who are who are just looking to recharge or go on retreat and and it's something I could have never predicted right it's something I never could have predicted and um, and there were times when I was super frustrated and um, and I was convinced that you know everybody was getting in the way of God's will and. Uh, <laughs> But really, it had to do with my own heart needing to be open to to what our Lord, the the bigger gift that our Lord wanted to give me. Um, and then, and then once I had eyes to see that, there's like an incredible joy in uh, in recognizing that oh, he was in fact he was just like he was just aligning things the entire time, and uh, and he definitely knew better than I did what what would truly bring me happiness and and what would truly bring fulfillment to that desire that I had had. Well, as you're sharing that story too, um, you know, you talked about uh, one of the most common objections for having just a, a deep trust, a deep faith in God and his timing and ha- exercising that patience. You said, we might pray for something. And it doesn't happen the way we want it. You know, we're asking for a miracle or we're asking for something to go the way we think it should, the way we want it. And in your own life, you said, well, it wasn't so much that God didn't want to do this. It was more that you needed God to be able to work on your heart. How, do you, how did you get to a place where you recognized this wasn't so much about God not giving you what you wanted, but allowing that space where he could work on you in the way he knew he needed to so that he could bring it about in in fulfillment in a different way than you had originally envisioned but how did how did you recognize that in your life you know i think for me it it came down to um i don't know there's a there's a line that a lot of times people use in recovery circles which is i got sick and tired of being sick and tired you know like i i just got tired of 
um, feeling frustrated all the time and, and things just like not happening the way I thought they were supposed to happen or, or people not being who I thought they were supposed to be. And, um, and then finally I just, I just had to, to really like spend some time on my knees and just saying, okay, Lord, Lord, I'm done. And, and I just, I need you to take care of these things for me. And, um, and I trust that you're going to take care of them. And, and then at that point, um, you know, I became, you know, okay with the fact that they weren't the way that I wanted them to be and, and more open to, to what our Lord wanted to do. And, um, and then I could spend, you know, that time and energy just looking for the way that our Lord was showing up in my life. And, uh, and the way our Lord was showing up in my ministry. Um, and I didn't have eyes to see that when I was always looking for the outcome that I wanted, you know, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, no, it sounds like you you were kind of focused on the external things, but when you were able to look internally at yourself, that that was where you were able to let go of that control. God was able to work in that moment rather than you worrying about everything and everyone else. You could just worry about yourself. It, that, that's kind of how I take it. Is that a, a good description? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I, I think that's something we all have to learn to do. You know, we all have to, it's like Job, right. you know, when the Lord says, were you there when I created the heavens and the earth? Like, you know, were you there at the beginning of the world? And I, it's as if our Lord's saying, like, I know what I'm doing. And, uh, and, and so just relax. I know what I'm doing. And, <laughs> it makes and, me and, think of my own kids is what it makes me think of, because there are times where if my wife or I will get on to one of the kids in our family, we've got nine children. And when we get on their case about something, Hey, you didn't do this right. Or Hey, you knew better. You, you knew what you should have done here. Sometimes one of the younger kids will try and jump in and say, yeah, that's exactly right, because, and they'll want to make a point and get involved in kind of that discipline or corrective action where we're trying to have a conversation. But then all of a sudden the attention gets po- focused on that one child that tried to jump in on the conversation, <laughs> and we end up saying, hey, hold on, hold on. I don't need your help in being a parent, you know, I, I've, I've done this with a few other kids here in our home already, and I know what I'm doing. You know, are you the mother? No. Are you the father? No. Okay. We've got this under control. And, and that's what it makes me think of as you're talking about this, you know, God, you know, what's best. It's okay. I don't have to get involved in, you know, <laughs> the way that I want to, I can just trust you to be in control of everything. And, and you'll, you'll, t- you'll make sure everything turns out for the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And he does every time. Yep. And uh, our spiritual director today, Father Sean Kilcally, he is a priest in the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska. And today talking about patience, that virtue of patience. How about you? Are you an impatient person? Have you come to a time where you had to exercise real patience in your life? And as you've grown spiritually, what has helped you to be able to maybe just calm down and wait on God's timing, to say, I really do give over that control. I trust you, God, to be in control of the things that 
I don't want to wait on, but I will wait. I'll trust you. You can join the program here and talk with Father Sean Kilcally. 888-914-9149 is the number to call into the studio. 888-914-9149. Maybe you have a question about trying to grow in that virtue of patience. 888-914-9149. Or you can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we'll be back with more uh, with Father Sean Kilcally here on The Inner Life in just a moment. Today's programming is brought to you by St. Gregory Recovery Center in Iowa. More information about their faith-centered addiction treatment is available at relevantradio.com slash stgregory. back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and glad to have you with us here during this hour, talking with Father Sean Kilcally, a priest in the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska, talking about patience. Are you a patient person? Maybe sometimes. <laughs> Would you like to be patient? But you'd like to be patient right now in your life? Don't want to wait on uh, the time and effort it might take you to grow in patience? Uh, Maybe being patient is a real struggle for you and you'd like some advice, some encouragement on how you might be able to grow in that virtue. You can call in and speak with Father Sean at 888-914-9149. 914-9149. The email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. And uh, Father, I, I mentioned earlier in the hour that we live in a culture where having to be patient, it seems like most everything we have here, at least in our American culture, in a Western culture, is it's been developed, it's been built up so that if I have to be patient with something, it might seem like there's actually a problem. There's something that's broken. There's a flaw in the efficiency of how things should work. You know, whether that is getting the fast food burger or sandwich within just that couple minutes. If I have to wait, there's some problem. Uh, if I want an answer to almost any question I could possibly ask, I can find that immediately through my computer or on my smartphone and find out, you know, very quickly any answer I want out there. Even Amazon or other, you know, businesses, they'll ship things to your house within a day, day and a half, two days. And if one of those things don't happen, I find myself just saying, or if if I order from a business that doesn't ship, you know, if it takes a week for something to get to me, I start saying, wait, <laughs> why, why is this company having a problem? Why can they not get this to me quicker? So there are all these benefits that we have, in our society, you know, this progress that we've made technologically, but what kind of an impact do you think our current digital age has on us being patient and growing in that virtue? I, I think it has a big impact on it. And, and I, I also, as you're talking, I, I think it's really related to our ability to tolerate silence as well. And, Sure, sure. You know, because there's just, <clears throat> like, there's just all kinds of noise, you know. Like, I remember um, a couple of times just thinking about, I don't know, I was thinking about a song that I heard once, you know, on a radio or something. And, and there was a time in my life when I would have to think, oh, I really like that. I should I should go to a record store and, and get that CD. And, and so the next time I go to the mall, you know, I'll go and buy it. And, and, 
you know, I could be on a road trip and pull up my phone and like download that song within 30 seconds now. Um, and most things that we think should exist technologically do exist. Uh, and I've had that experience more than in a few times, just thinking about like, like, I wonder if there's a way to turn my phone into a Wi-Fi hotspot. And then there is. Um, so, <laughs> yep. and this was before it was standard on smartphones, you know? And, and so there's just so many things like that. And, and it really robs us of, of that time and space of just like being able to be in the presence of God and, uh, and, and pay attention to who God is and, and who we are. And instead we're, we're constantly moving and, and we're constantly looking for something to be happening. Um, and, and cause I was even thinking about like making a holy hour and, and how one of the things that I work with a lot of my directees on is, is just extending the informal time of prayer during their holy hour because they always want something to be happening, you know, so that they might mm, go in and, sure. and start to pray. And if nothing's happening in their prayer, they have like 15 books that they brought with them and they just start like reading this book or that book or the other book. And, um, and I kind of said, like, did you ever go to a friend's house and, and you, you just take like five books with you in case you get bored during the conversation? <laughs> um, oh, that's great. You know, like we don't do that with our friends. And, and yet sometimes that's, that's what we do with our Lord. And, and so, so in that uncomfortableness of I'm just sitting here in prayer and nothing's really moving, like can we, can we start increasing that window of tolerance for silence and, um, and just give, give our Lord some space to work and, and give ourselves some space to slow down and, uh, and really like focus on, um, what's, what's really important. And, you know, because like patience is all it's, it is that it's a virtue that's about enduring, you know, arduous difficulty. And, and part of the modern world is that, you know, silence has become an arduous difficulty, you know, yeah. or, or not having anything going on right now is an arduous difficulty. Um, well, I think there's also, uh, you know, the, the more that we find ourselves in a society where there isn't silence, if we do go into those moments of silence, we have to be confronted with ourselves and who we really are. And there might be areas of ourselves, areas of our life that we don't really like about ourselves. And if I can fill that, that silence with noise that keeps me distracted, I don't have to confront myself on the areas that, <laughs> that I, I'm not so keen on. You know what I mean? Right. And, that, and I think, too, and that, that goes to what, what's our Lord really interested in about our lives. And, you know, the Gospels reveal over and over and over again that he's interested in those parts of our life that we're not very comfortable with. You know, like he's interested in the part of me that is attached to sin. He's interested in the part of me that I'm most ashamed of. And and that's really what he's kind of waiting. Like that's where our Lord, I think, exercises a lot of patience with us. Is is he's uh, he's always just waiting for us to be ready to go and be real with him, and and to take those parts of ourselves to him. And and so so the more we can lean into that, 
that silence and let those things come to the surface, but then be confident to take them to our Lord and, and recognize that he's just been waiting for that moment. Um, he's just been waiting for that moment to happen. And and that is one of the, the most like joyful things, you know, as a, as a spiritual director is when um, I might have a directee and, and they've been really avoiding, you know, the big things and the big topics and, you know, and I've had a couple of occasions where maybe my directee wasn't being honest with me for months and months and months, and then they finally call and they're like, "Oh, Father, I've been lying to you," and then this is actually what's going on in my life. And and my response is always just like, "Thank God, now we can start." You know, like now we can start somewhere. And um, and I think our Lord is is so much, you know, more of that. You know, like that our that our Lord is just waiting. Um, he's waiting for us to be ready to go and, and be really sure. real with him. Yeah. Uh, there's this great uh, scene in The Great Divorce, C.S. Lewis's book, and it's toward the end of the book um, that I remember it, and it's somebody who's struggling. He's got He's got some sort of little... Um, creature on his shoulder. I don't remember what it is, but he's got this creature on his shoulder that keeps on whispering things into his ear. And you find out that it eventually is the sin of lust that's just kind of anchored there on his shoulder. And the person that comes to meet this, this man that's there, you know, says, I can help you. I can help you get rid of this. And it won't kill you, even though the man says, oh, I don't know if I can live without this, you know, maybe I can just go through the way I am. And even the creature starts saying, oh, I'll just be quiet. You won't even know I'm here and tries to, to you know, make this appeal that, you know, you can, you can get by with, with me here, but I'll just pretend I'm not even here. Well, so then, and I think it's actually an angel that says, I can help get rid of this. And as soon as the man finally says, okay, I, go ahead, I acquiesce, I'll, I'll, I'll go through this and you can get rid of it, he all of a sudden experiences pain. And he says, I thought you said this wouldn't kill me. Well, I said it wouldn't kill you, but I didn't say it wouldn't hurt. You know, there is a difficult process we're going to have to go through here. But then that creature ends up being reborn into this magnificent, I think it's a magnificent horse that this man then is able to get on and ride toward the kingdom of heaven. And it allows him, when, when God is able to work and take those things that we've twisted around that we hold on to, those attachments that we have, and say, I'll give that control over to you. I love that image that C.S. Lewis paints of how it frees us and what was originally meant to be used to draw us closer to Christ so that we can have that hope of eternity in heaven, it all of a sudden gives us this new uh, way to get there that we never would have saw in the first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen that over and over and over again. When, when we truly allow our Lord to transform um, those things that we're attached to and in, in the sin in our life, and and um, and you know, with that, whatever sin we have that we use to avoid life, whether it's food, lust, you know, just distraction. When we get rid of those things, um, the painful things do come to the surface, but then we've, we've realized that our Lord has just been waiting and, and then he is enough for us. And, uh, and what he has to offer is so much more. It's so much better than Mm -hmm. whatever we've been using to avoid. 
Father Sean Kilcally is our spiritual director today as we're talking about patience. And is that something that's difficult for you? Are you an impatient person? When have you had to exercise that real patience in your life? And how has that brought you closer to God? You can call in 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go to Melanie, who's listening to us in Wausau, Wisconsin. Melanie, thanks so much for calling into The Inner Life. Yeah, thanks for this topic is right on track with what's kind of going on in my life. I have, uh, I believe, uh, the ability to be very patient with God so much that I said kind of in prayer, you know, you just do the work and I'll show up, um, point me in the right places, put the right people in my path. But I think some distractions or even just the fact that the job got bigger because there was less employees and the job got bigger and I took on more that it was so um my job was so consuming that I even stopped um praying and <laughs> just kind of whenever I would think of God and the you know where I'm at right now in my life it, it was still just like if you need me to do something different, just let me know. I'll be here. You know to find where to find me. Um, I ended up uh, getting terminated. Um, I overextended myself, and um, now that was, I guess, God's way of saying, if you um, weren't stopping to listen to me, I'm gonna definitely point you in a brand new direction. So. Since then, um, it was very painful to be terminated, but um, little doors are opening, and the biggest gain is quality time with my family. Mm. Melanie, thanks so much for the call. And Father, as she's talking about that, you know, that's another part there, I think, on being patient is in that process recognizing, okay, this isn't ideal, this isn't really what I wanted, and, you know, Melanie might be saying, uh, I, I don't have the same, of you know, sort of income that I had before, I'm going to have to make some difficult decisions here, but I also do see the benefit, even during that that period of being patient, I can see how God is opening up, and, you know, she mentioned being able to spend more time with her family. You know, that that's something that's far more valuable than any job that we ever might have, any sort of, uh, uh, you know, employment, being able to have that time with family. So being able to see the benefits there and not get so caught, uh, you know, kind of the can't see the forest for the trees, uh, you know, to use a cliche, that we get so focused on, oh, if I can only get past all of this time to that final end result. But pay attention to what God's doing in the process as well. Yeah, I was really grateful for Melanie sharing. Um, I think the thing that struck me most was was in that moment of being terminated, that kind of that first movement, and, and hopefully the first movement of her heart was, was to say, uh, okay, God, obviously you want something different, or you want something more, and and to look for to look for where our Lord is there, and and to look for where our Lord is showing up, and and um, and kind of maintaining, you know, as much as possible that 
that attitude of gratitude and and seeing that okay, like this is giving me more time and space for my family, um, and uh, and it sounds like you know things were becoming a little like a little consuming, and um, you know it 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 does sound like one of those situations that you know years down the road um, we can often look back and see uh, like our Lord knew exactly what He was doing and. Um, and I couldn't see it then, but we can we can see things. You know, I can see it now. Right. So. If only I had that hindsight right now, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's always the challenge there, um, Father. One of the other things that might be good to talk about here too, uh, patience, and it's in a group that are called the Capital Virtues, and. In the early part of Christianity, there were these different lists of virtues and vices. Um, but at the end of the 6th century, uh, the Pope, St. Gregory the Great, he organized them into what we typically know now as the seven capital vices or the seven deadly sins. And mm-hmm. alongside those sins, he organized the corresponding seven capital virtues, the ones that are considered the remedies to help us fight against those sins. And so I think just from a practical standpoint, it's good for us to also know what is patience helping us against and the one the the virtue that it or the vice that that virtue corresponds to is wrath or anger and i think of people you know when when i think of anger if i'm angry in my life or if i know an angry person it might be natural to think that I'm looking for peace or I'm looking to be calm, that that's the answer to anger. You know, take some deep breaths, count to 10, find some peace inside you, you know, whatever it might be. But when I'm impatient, when my food does take a long time to come at the restaurant or if I have to tell my son or my daughter something again, you know, in two days, 17 times and they just still aren't listening or if I'm stuck behind that slow driver when I'm already running late, I can absolutely see how those moments become that opportunity for that sin of anger. Uh, any advice on how, I, I, I think it's important to know that, but then how we can in those moments, rather than let that wrath or that anger become unleashed, how do we exercise that patience in those small little day-to-day moments there? How, how do we grow in that virtue, practically speaking? Yeah, I think, you know, it's good to remember anger, you know, is the passion that we feel when we perceive an injustice. And and so now the perceived the perceived injustice might be that like in injustice I should get my Big Mac in one minute instead of like five minutes or like whatever our perceived injustice is. Um that's right. kind of a mundane example, but um and and so it's Sometimes there are bigger, you know, there are bigger injustices that people have had. You know, there's, you know, people who have been victims of crimes and and the perpetrator of that crime has not yet been brought to justice. Um, there, there are people who have, like, experienced great betrayal in their life. You know, an injustice, somebody was supposed to love them but didn't, and they didn't show up. And um, And in those moments, there is, like, on a very practical level, um... And it's something that we have to grow into is is realizing that our Lord is the one who's capable of bringing that justice about, and and it's not my responsibility or within my control sometimes to bring about that to restore the order of justice, and um, and so so a kind of very simple prayer 
in those moments is you know just to just to ask our Lord right like 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 Jesus, you are like the divine judge, and I just need you to restore the order of justice in this situation, you know, in whatever way that you might do so and and to try to stay open to that and to trust that he he can do that better than we can um, and and I think you know drawing on how our Lord has been how our Lord has been patient with us um has to be our point of reference and and the things that we've actually deserved in our life but maybe got away with or the places where we've been shown great mercy and um and and when we can go back and draw on those and and remember those and be grateful for those moments it it does help us to be more merciful um with others and and to be more trusting that our lord can take care of those things that that we can't fix ourselves you know or that we can't bring about ourselves our spiritual director, Father Sean Kilcally, a priest in the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska, and talking today about how we can grow in that virtue of patience. Maybe you are an impatient person and it is a struggle for you, or maybe you've been able to make progress in growing impatience. And what has helped you? What has helped you to be able to give over that control, to trust God in His timing? Not necessarily the timing you want in your life and with all the different things that you have going on in your world, but say, God, I trust in you. How have you been able to do that? What's helped you? 888-914-9149 is the number to call in to talk with Father Sean. 888-914-9149. And we'll be back with more of your phone calls and more with Father Sean Kilcally here on The Inner Life right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. So glad to have you along here as today we're talking about growing in patience and that virtue, how we can live that out in our life. How have you been able to live out patience in your life? Maybe it's a difficulty for you and you'd like some advice on how you can grow as to be a more patient person. And the number to call into the studio, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Also want to let you know, because we're now just barely over two weeks away from the start of Lent, Relevant Radio is going to be offering Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass. And this is a free uh, email that will be sent to you every single day if you sign up and register for it. Um, some of those of you who have signed up in past years, you might remember this. Uh, Father Rocky, he gives you a walkthrough on the Mass itself, but he also, over the last year and this year, he's been recording some different videos that walk through even more detailed 
on the different aspects of what we encounter when we go to Mass, a lot of the different things that we see at Mass. Um, Even when you look at some of the different vessels, the different uh, clothing that's worn, the vestments by the priest, he goes through a lot of that. And he started that last year. He's continuing with brand new videos that are going to be available this year. And again, all of this is free. It's just a way to hopefully encourage you during your Lenten journey to learn a little bit more about the Mass, to be able to participate in the Mass in a deeper way. And all you have to do is just sign up and just give us your email address and we'll send it to you and you'll get one of those emails every single day through the course of Lent from Ash Wednesday all the way until Easter morning. And you sign up uh, just at relevantradio.com slash Lent. You can get signed up there. Again, relevantradio.com slash Lent. Uh, You can register for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass. Uh, Father, we were talking about being aware of the idea that um, patience is a virtue that helps us combat anger. And one of the thoughts that I had was, we might kind of try and trick ourselves at different points into thinking that our impatience, if it's for something good or for something holy, that it might be okay. Um, If I want to grow in my own spiritual life, I want to get to a point where I don't struggle as much with whatever that familiar sin is that I, you know, that temptation I struggle with. Um, But I don't want to put in the time or the effort. I don't want to put in the work. I just want the results of that right now. And so that impatience, we might look at that and say, well, you know, that's that's a good thing. You you want that. Or maybe if we're praying for a loved one to come back into the church. And I think in this kind of situation, if we aren't patient, we might find ourselves falling into that trap of anger here too. You know, we might get angry at the person who's not coming back into the church as quickly as we'd like. But I think we could also, and this might only be just subconsciously, but we could find ourselves in a position where we might possibly get angry with God because he isn't forcing that person to come back into the church on the timeline we want. And then we kind of try and convince ourselves that it's it's okay. It's okay that I'm impatient here because this impatience is coming from a place of love. Um, do you think there's ever a good a good motivation behind impatience or in all of these situations, is it still going to lead us if we, if we're impatient, is it leading us to a place where we're just going to have problems down the road? I I think that's, it's another one of those things, Josh, where we know the answer to that question down the road and we can look back and, and see that. Um, I mean, certainly there are prayers that are given to us in Scripture, um, namely like all of the Psalms of Lament, which are expressions of our impatience with God. Um, mm. Like Psalm 22, most famously, right? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? But I am a worm and not a man. Um, but then like the beauty of that Psalm is as you as you pray the entire thing, right? It comes around to that like, okay, but you're God and I'm not God. And I'm going to like recognize that you have sovereignty over my life. And, and so sometimes, you know, we, we have to express that anger when we have it. Um, but hopefully like when we do so, right, the goal is, okay, I'm going to surrender that and I'm, I'm going to give that to our Lord. 
and um, and I'm going to recognize that that our Lord is capable of all things, right? The, the, the Lord is capable of restoring relationships that have been lost. Our Lord is capable of bringing people back to the church. Um, and, and it's a long life, you know, it's a long life. And so, you know, I have some family members that I had been distant from, you know, and I still have family members that I'm distant from, but, um, but a couple in particular where, you know, I, I was trying to do everything in my power to convince them to to get them to come back to the church to point out where they were wrong and um and eventually I just like gave up on on trying to convince them myself and and then I watched as our lord kind of brought them around in ways that that I couldn't have done myself and that I didn't really think was possible um and something that that brings me a lot of peace is um is having masses offered for people and um you know, it was something as a priest that I, I I kind of forgot, like, oh, wait, I can say Mass for all these people, you know, because I say Mass for <laughs> uh-huh. whatever it is. But it was when I was in grad school and I was able to just offer Mass, you know, for my own intention. And I just started offering Mass for for those people and then just trusting our Lord to take care of it. And and I found that, uh, that there's so much power in that. And um, and so, so it's something I do encourage, you know, whenever – people are frustrated that their prayers aren't being answered, that this person's been away from the church. They're, they have personal anger with someone. Um, is to just have mass offered for them. And, um, you know, contact your parish and, and give them the mass intention. And usually it's a $10 stipend. But um, to just have mass offered for them, because then you know that you've done your part and you're going to let God do the rest. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and Did, so did that help you to find... Did that help you? I mean, as soon as you did that, was it, okay, this is out of my hands. I, I've got to imagine it brought immense peace for you in that, too. It did, and it, but it might have been like three months of offering Mass for the same person every day at one oh, point. Oh, so it wasn't like an overnight kind of thing. <laughs> it wasn't then. like an overnight thing, but but definitely um, it was a thing that I saw like bear a lot of fruit. Right? And it's like exercising or working out or losing weight or getting in shape, getting ready to run a marathon. You know, St. Paul uses that analogy of athletes all the time. Um, right. That would that we just keep, you know, we keep doing that exercise. And uh, and, th- and then one day we kind of realize like, hey, like I'm like I haven't been angry in a long time. Um, yeah, like well, I, like I think I'm actually okay. Like I didn't get super triggered by that person when I ran into him at a family reunion, um, and and that's what that's what our Lord does. And and we draw hope from the stories that we hear, you know, from other people's lives, and sure. uh, and that, and that's why you know we we look at the lives of the saints because they're stories that give us hope. Father Sean Kilcally, our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. And Father, we're down to about uh, 20 seconds. Could I ask you to offer our listeners a blessing as we conclude the hour today? Lord Jesus, we ask your blessing upon each person who listens to this broadcast and, and just ask you to, to help each of us to, to have open hearts and patient hearts and to recognize like how much you have waited for us and, and to help us to to see that and to truly surrender to your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. And thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Mass is up next. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life.